Hello, RP people, and welcome back to another episode of Role Playing as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in uh, again today. Damn, it's so close, man. <laughs> so close. <laughs> I don't even know what, why I did that one wrong. I'm psyching myself <laughs> out. Uh, so joining us today, we have Scott W., Mr. Finder, and Dave Thomavore. Say hello, everyone. Hey. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, eventually, eventually, guys, eventually. It's only It sounded 20. fine to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm psyching myself out or something. It's only been 20 plus episodes already. Yeah. So, on <laughs> So on tonight's uh topic, we're actually going to have a fun little conversation about system versus setting. Which is really more important? Uh but before we get started, uh Dave, I, I've been following your YouTube for a while, but why don't you tell the audience uh, who may not your, know you about yourself? Yeah, I'm Dave. I have a little YouTube channel where I review uh, mostly third-party and indie RPGs. Uh, I've been doing that for about three years, maybe four years now. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I've been able to share a lot of um, what I do. My format is, you know, I read through this game and um more my more recent videos are more in-depth but i basically just kind of run through the game and then just give my two cents at the end it's just the you know reviews but um yeah i don't know it's just it's been great to be able to dive in and there's really no end to it to the to the depth of this niche i i keep digging and digging and i um i haven't been able to see the the end of it which is great it's a great problem to have because you could just i'm doing backstrokes and all kinds of amazing games and um it's just quite the journey so far yeah no doubt that's that's one thing um we're kind of almost like in uh a renaissance of tabletop games especially with the help of like kickstarter and everything like that where you can go on there you can find a new one almost all the time drive through rpg if you really want to try and find a very like a certain type of style there's a good chance you're going to find it before this we we're talking about how uh winnie the pooh has just become public domain and we're just waiting for the first one of that to drop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i read that um uh, there's this website that keeps up with just basic statistics on kickstarter and but in a 25 day period this year uh, in August, I'm not August in, uh, April. Um, this person recorded something like 25 RPGs and like another 17 D and D five E supplements in that one month. So that's, if you don't even count five E that's like one RPG a day getting introduced on Kickstarter. And that's just Kickstarter. That's not even mentioning the, you know, the non crown funded stuff or the stuff on Indiegogo and all that. So it's it's a deluge, to say the least. Well, even, yeah, Scott, you're technically in that list, I guess, eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm part of the problem. This is outstanding. <laughs> I don't know if I would consider it a problem. Well, whatever. It's an addiction. <laughs> you're, you're just, you're forcing me and Finder just to buy more stuff on Kickstarter. Well, that's the, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, from that <laughs> end, I can't control what you do, but I told you guys, you know, I have, I have other friends who, you know, I've worked with before and it's just like, they'll come in and be like, they X has backed your thing. And I'm like, well, text him like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. <laughs> I love you guys, but you don't have to do this. 
Well, yeah, I remember when when I was like, well, I backed it. Finder, same thing. He was just like, yeah, I backed it too. And you're like, you guys get it for free. Why the hell are you doing this? Yeah, I mean, you guys are literally playing through it before anyone else, you know, so. No, I, I mean, it's all about love and I appreciate it and it's nice. But yeah, it's like, oh man, but it is, it is tough to keep up. Yeah. So. Well, it's official. It's the second week in a row that you've mentioned that you love us, Scott. No, oh, yeah, yeah. it's all right. I love I love Dave's last video. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but the title alone is just like. <laughs> <"Mwah."> <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the What was your last title, Dave? I, I haven't gotten a, been on YouTube actually in the past the whole weekend. Well, I've been getting into more provocative uh, thumbnails. <laughs> yeah, and so because um, that that helps the it helps the viewership or whatever. And yeah. the the title or the the thumbnail was is OSE boring. <laughs> Oh, and, I did see that one. And the yeah. one before, the week before that was OSE is weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking dying. <laughs> that one, that's a uh, old school essentials, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's basically BX and with some AD and D one E. Yeah, yeah. They just cleaned everything up because the little yeah. brown books were a nightmare to read. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll tell you this. I, I don't mean to throw shade at you know my viewers, but I, I I don't know if I have like a core set. A lot of the people <laughs> who watch my view my videos are not subscribers. They just come and go. Sure. The the OSE people are very opinionated. <laughs> what a what a fucking shocker! Offshoots from five year opinionated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them were not super nice, but yeah. then there, there was also a huge number of people like what I call pedants, pedantic, yep. like just people correcting me. It was yeah, a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you're in a safe space here. We bitch about every single system equally. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys can correct me on anything. I don't know shit. <laughs> no, but the cool part is, is like you said, is um, I know before Santa wants to go on the topic, but like you're yeah. one of the, when you, cause you said you, when you go through it and read it, cause I've had to go through like your videos are one of the, some of the ones that pop up soonest when I'm looking for a certain topic and like the, the, uh, the Genesis stuff. Yeah. There's stuff out there, but it's not like, I mean, you, you've spent time on the Genesis because that's, this system is like, Oh my God, it's totally free. They're losing all their money. They're closing a shop because of right. what they went through. But you know, but it's like, okay, well, cool. I want to see the actual plays. I want to see someone's opinion who've actually read through the books because I'm, I'm not going to do yeah. that myself. So right. it's things like that. I think is super helpful. Yeah. I, I, th I think my mission subconsciously, and now it's just in the front of my mind is I want to make videos that I would watch. Yeah. So I, I don't want to mm -hmm. watch, I don't want to watch a bunch of, you know, I, I just want to watch, I want facts. I want them tightly edited. I want, I want, all the just the facts ma'am you know like just give me <laughs> yeah. the information yeah and I, i've switched to a new format where i'm doing like more of like a page through which is even more pure because then people can just pause and read it for themselves but i'm also kind of summarizing it in with my words so yeah sure yeah 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 with your understanding right because that's yeah. always a big thing right. too so it's always interesting to see that yeah yeah, you know, I, I think like even like changing up of uh, like because we've even changed up a little bit how we do things. I used to write up like all the questions <laughs> that we we're going to say right off the hop. And then I kind of realized it just became a little bit too strict. And then I tried no questions whatsoever. And I was like, I'm still not. So now I just like I literally have like today I have two questions 
just in case, you know, we run conversation slows down. But I don't think that's going to be an issue today. What? Yeah, I think we're doing good. As long as we all keep drinking. There you go. Uh, are, you guys, are you guys drinking? Because I am. Uh, yeah, I actually got some homemade wine. Nice oh, shit. Look at that. Homemade. No, no. Nice. Does the form tap water count? <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends. Are, are, are you in Flint? Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Damn. Ouch. Damn. Our one Flint listener is going to be <laughs> so pissed off. Um, I don't actually know if we. Where's Flint? That's Michigan, right? Oh my yeah. God! No, first off, no. first off, keep our fucking Flint at your fucking mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Michigan. I thought so. Yeah, of course, I feel, it bad, is. I feel bad for the people there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, of also, course. I don't actually think we have any listeners from Michigan. Look, man, it's fine. You don't have to explain yourself. We said <laughs> far worse. If this episode goes the way of the "Why You Should GM" episode, when right in the middle of it, we shit on fucking people's opinion. This should be great. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, um, should we get to the main question of the day? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we'll sit here and just uh, awkward silence. Shit on, shit on Flint. There you go. Shit yeah. on Flint. Fuck. Yeah, just keep piling it on. Hey, hey, I'm not shitting on Flint, just their water. You better get fucking rolling before they come and get you. <laughs> Uh, okay so um as i said before in case anyone's forgot uh we're discussing system versus setting so thank you because i totally the- forgot <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> okay um so i figure we just go around and see what everyone's opinion on which they think is the most important for themselves so let's start with you dave oh for me personally um system versus setting um damn i don't know (laughs) right i know (laughs) yeah so um okay actually this is a okay i have a very very recent in fact my most recent video that i just cut and finished was um the 5e simba room game ruins of ruins of simba room by freely and Mm -hmm. that's you know simba room is a game that was published with its own system and um, it was very successful. And then it was published in English and then they just released it with five E rules. And in that case, the setting outshines, like I, I don't like the setting is so good that I kind of didn't hate five E that much while I was reading it. I was just, okay. I was okay with it. And, that's it's been a long time since that's happened. Like I've I've been anti five E for a while, um, but in that case, the setting was cool. I'd play Ruins of Simbaroom because of the setting. So there's a half-assed answer for you. You know, though, on that topic, I almost feel like five E. Now I haven't read it. I have it because I of course had to back it because it's free league and hey, I I, I love free league. Um, and so I backed it. I haven't read it. I just got the books. But having played Simbaroom in the original setting, I, I feel, and, and I could be wrong, but I feel like 5e is going to change the gameplay because 5e is more, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the word heroic. It, it's, it's, it's more high fantasy in nature than what Sim, Simbaroom was such a dark setting. And our entire party died within 
oh man, it was like four or five, maybe six sessions. We had a total party kill. Uh, and it was mostly us doing it to ourselves because of cursed magic items and all sorts of crap. It was an amazing game, had a total blast. Um, but it's so dark and it's such a deadly setting. I feel like 5e is going to, 5e would like alter that dynamic because the heroes are harder to kill, uh, that sort of thing. But Right. Well, in, in this case, I can't say this for all 5e, you know, third-party 5e games, but in this case, the authors tried to make it more deadly. They added a um, corruption mechanic. So oh, you're, nice. you're constantly, every time you cast, basically you're running the risk of picking up temporary and permanent <laughs> corruption. And corruption is, is haunting you constantly. Yeah. And you, you get it, pick up enough permanent corruption and your, your characters is forfeit. And um, they've also kind of upped the uh, deadliness of the monsters, although I can't, they, they claim that in the book, but I, I haven't played the game, so I don't know if that's true or not. But they tried to make it more deadly. I hope they succeeded because it's, it's an awesome yeah. setting to your point. Which I, is I to say it. they tried to neutralize what 5E's problems are. So they, they tried to fight against the, own, the system that they adopted. Which is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, the suspicious person in me says that's a cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a cash yeah. grab for somebody that I like, so I'm, I'm okay with yeah. it. I mean, Free League is not a nonprofit. I mean, they are trying to make money for right, sure. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But, I mean, yeah. if you look at it, I mean, to your point, Scott, you, you look at Free League, and, and I am not talking smack about them. I love them. But yeah. their most recent RPGs, Twilight 2000, Blade Runner, Aliens, um, really big names that are going to yeah. well. Now, great thing is Mutant Year Zero Engine does a great job of dealing with horror. So Aliens fits in with uh, what they're doing. Same thing with Twilight 2000 is um it, it does make things really gritty and and the one thing that my kids keep saying when we're playing Coriolis is man this system is brutal <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome it's, it's a great system so I can totally see it for for those but I mean a lot of their most recent IPs are well-known IPs yeah and that's well so that's the thing right if taking a look at Simba Room and the the original game setting and the original rules and now you're, you're you were talking about it's going over to a system that is popular for some crowds is not popular for others um but they've had to start making changes to the base system which is fifth edition so at what point are you no longer playing the system right as intended that that's actually a really good argument because like even uh Another system, Blades in the Dark, was essentially um, was a PBTA, but it's been severely hacked to the point where it doesn't really resemble a PBTA much anymore. But it, I think, a lot of people still consider it just because of the how the mechanics work in it, the character sheets and everything like that, totally different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think like when I was thinking about this. My first thought was, you know what? If you're a player, system doesn't really matter. It's all about the setting. And if you're a GM, the system matters more than setting. But then I don't like playing 5e because the (laughs) setting doesn't or the system doesn't really work, even though the setting can be whatever you want. And I think my conclusion that I've come to is that a good setting 
can carry a bad system to an extent, but a good system could be completely ruined if there's a horrible, if it's a bad setting. I was going to say, I don't know that I completely agree with everything you just said. That last statement, I kind of agree with that a good setting can be ruined by a bad system. But as a GM, I look for the setting now because Mm -hmm. that's the important part for me. Uh, And and I'm looking for settings because I'm busy. I don't have a lot of time to uh, put into world development or whatever. And so what is something that is going to be fun, gives me a lot of meat to work with. And if I don't like it, I will just change the setting or sorry, change the system. So as an example, I've bought more stuff for 5e off of Kickstarter because I'm interested in the setting and it seems interesting. And if I like it enough, I will just convert it to Savage Worlds. Um, That being said, I think that there are some, there's something to be said about system and setting. And what I'm, where I'm going with this is Deadlands. Deadlands Classic, for me, was like the perfect marriage between a really cool setting and a system that totally supported that setting and reinforced that mm-hmm. setting in the mechanics itself. It was one of the best systems out there. I, I really, to this day, I still love Deadlands Classic. I don't play it. I haven't played it in over 20 years. But I love Deadlands Classic when I think about the setting and the system. Um, but I do think that there are, the, the setting can impact the, sorry, the system can impact the setting because I think of like Savage Worlds and Savage Worlds, can it do horror? Yes, it can do horror, but it's not a great system for horror. Um, there's a lot of stuff that make it a little bit uh, like, like the Benny mechanic. If you want to amp up the horror, you've got to do something to the bennies so that the players have that angst of, man, if I flub this role, um, I don't have a way out of it. And, and that's where I like, like I said, I think Meet New Zero is great for horror studies because you can still push your role, but that system is unforgiving in a lot of ways. So, Scott, <laughs> your turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd one. Like, my premier example is always Eberron. I love Eberron. Eberron is not meant for Dungeons & Dragons. It's it's just not. It was written that way. It was intended that way. It was a air quotes contest uh, that ended up with the setting. It moved it into every edition. But Eberron works best, honestly, under Savage Worlds because Savage Worlds encourages that over-the-top pulp action where fifth edi- any edition of D and D, you're just you're not going to get that same feeling. Um, the 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 danger, the drama is not really there, no matter what happens. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I mean shit, I even helped with a new with the fifth edition Eberron books, and it's still it's like goddamn, these rules are just so s- substandard for what you're trying to accomplish. If you guys would just reach out your license, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, I just. Yeah, damn, I really think system system to me matters more than than anything because yeah, I can play anything, but as demonstrated, uh, there are game systems that I just think are hot garbage and they're they sound fun on paper, and then once I start playing it, it's it's 
it's a it's a big no and i just i just want to stop as soon as possible you know like the cyberpunk game that i was in was just terrible um and the, the system is just boring once you realize the trick to getting around the combat and it's just it, it becomes a one-trick pony for a lot of stuff i was like awesome i'm down here you know same thing for a fifth edition it's just like no one can just let go it could be a great game if people just used the first three books and didn't worry about anything else and forgot about feats um but yeah you know, you said something interesting though for me, and that is that fifty-year-old um, <laughs> brain kicks in now. And says, what the hell was he talking about? <laughs> Eberron system mattering. Setting. Oh, sounding good on paper. Sounding good on paper. Oh yeah, okay. There we go. Damn. <laughs> the the thing that I find interesting about that though is that you said there are systems that sound good on paper and then you play them in their, their garbage. And mm-hmm. Savage, that's one of the things Savage Worlds gets beaten up about a lot of times is <laughs> they don't think it sounds good on paper. No. But when you play it, it's like this perfect melding of everything and, and it yeah. plays better than it reads. So it's kind of interesting that setting or systems have that, that struggle that you can uh, make them sound really good, but then in practice they're not. Uh, and I, I, I always think of that episode of Malcolm in the Middle. It sounded good on paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There are also instances where the setting cannot be separated from the system. Like I, just looking at my catalog of, of games here, uh, Wander Home comes to mind. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Never even heard of it. Okay. Wander it's Home. it's It was a big like indie feel-good hit last year. Um it's like um, anthropomorphic animals, but no fighting. Like it's all it's it's like uh, real peaceful, almost like Studio Ghibli mm, adventures. Um, but the the system, it, the setting is is real like G rated or maybe PG rated, and the system complements that by um, being more conversational in nature and you know it's it's a it's not crunchy at all i don't even know if there are any numbers at all there's a little (laughs) bit of rolling dice rolling but it's 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 a beautiful game in a lot of ways and it it got a lot of love and um but you can't take you can't take one without the other in that case and like there there are a lot of examples of that where they're really system and setting are, are pretty tightly bound no, I'm looking at it. And for one, it does look adorable. Yeah. I love the little dancing mushrooms on their main page. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you've eaten some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. But um, uh, that, yeah, that creator actually is is launched a new um a new uh, crowdfund. They did it on Indiegogo and it's uh it, it was it was an even bigger success it's, it's but it's more of like in the same vein of um really sort of therapeutic happy I mean there's conflict but it's just not it's not violent and it's it's sort of like chill yeah like, it's um, it's kind of meant to be almost like I don't want to say like feel good but like you know it's supposed to be wholesome yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah, you could play it with your kids or you can play it with people who are just they don't want to like kill things. They want to <laughs> they want to have a story, but they don't want yeah. it. It doesn't have to be killing all the time. And so that's what this this thing does. But if you take that setting 
And you take Wander Home or you take this new one and, and you try to pair it with another system, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think what f- maybe fate might be the only thing you could probably do that with. Sure. Yeah, I guess and, you could. But yeah, that's... if you did fate core, I, w- I would say accelerated probably would probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing I could think of that you might yeah. even. Yeah. Kind of on the on the flip side, more on the violent side. But even I, I was while you're talking about that with this, how system can't sometimes be separated from setting. And I actually was thinking of Shadowrun, how the old editions, they're very crunchy, like extremely crunchy, kind really complicated. You needed to know a lot. And if you wanted to be a net runner, you might as well just quit as it was. But then they decided on the new, the newest edition to simplify it. And what was the thing that everyone said? This is hot garbage. Where is all my options? I want the old system back. And it, it it's kind of funny because like, that's one of those ones where is this, how is the system? Well, personally, I don't think it's that great because I think it just has an over excessive of crunch. But when you've removed that, it removed a lot of the core audience who loves that, who wanted, you know, that who likes that game didn't like it because of all the things that now they can't do, which they were previously able to do. So it, it, it's kind of interesting how even sometimes, which if anyone's a Shadowrun player who's listening, the setting, awesome. I love the setting system. I think that's what's going to scare away 99% of the people, but the people who stay, they don't want that to change. Yeah. Well, a lot of big games go through that, right? D&D went through that when they hit fourth edition and they got the fucking surprise. Welcome to Pathfinder, you know. <laughs> Uh, and they they have they had to fight that battle for years in order to remove Pathfinder uh, as a as a major competitor. So yeah, and now Paizo's making five E content. Y- yeah, <laughs> I mean, just it all comes around, right? It's just well, one of those things. They're doing five E content. They're also now do they have Savage? Well, sorry, they have the Savage World setting now. Yep. Um, I don't know how Second Edition is. For, like, do you guys have any experience with the Second Edition of Pathfinder? It's Pathfinder. I have the experience that I have the book, and it's on my <laughs> send to the used bookstore. I haven't read it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's literally Pathfinder. They change a couple of things that make it a little bit cleaner, but it's you know you're still dealing with you're still dealing with with that uh, rule set establishment. It's, it's not going to. Is the is Pathfinder's setting good? Because obviously they're running uh, running mm. it through a bunch of different rule sets now. So the setting is really cool. It's probably one of the better done fantasy settings because they put so much heart into it. So, I mean, that might be the thing. Where well, it's the, that was the thing that got Savage Worlds interested in doing it. Yeah, because they, they didn't have it, a, it, Yeah, you know. they wanted Galarian. Yeah. Or however you pronounce the, the Whichever. world. Whichever. It's made yeah. up, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, so I, mean, I guess it's a, a really good settings i just I've yeah played it yeah i mean it's a, it is a definitely a cool setting they got a lot of really cool um the locales the nations uh the deities everything about it does it really does grab your attention so i'll, I'll give paizo that they they put a lot of effort into that you know i don't know then some of these you know looking at wander home just kind of looping back to a conversation about some of these uh i, I, I guess it's an internet darling right these systems um, we know statistically online they're not played. 
um, we, we always pull it up and talk about during the show. We can go through and look at the point zero, like 1% of games played online in different venues that are X game. So, you know, it's like some of these, a lot of these games that are internet darlings turn out to be these like one hit wonders, you know, it's, it's essentially these one hit wonder RPGs that are either just used personally or they're, they're discussed anecdotally <laughs> um, is what it feels like. Or, you know, people are playing their tables and we're not seeing those reports, but given the last two years, I'm not really sure how many games are actually being played at the tables anymore. What do you mean? We play this at the table all the time. It's the oh, most popular yeah. thing in the world because my yeah. group does it all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> those, those, you know, I still, there are people who listen to, you know, Roxette's Joyride constantly too, and it's still a one-hit wonder for that band. Fight me, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just there's a little bit of a. It, I think there's a little bit of nuance when we're looking at some of these games. No, and, and it, I think a lot of things kind of, especially with uh, systems, they kind of, I, I, I think there's almost like a flow. It's almost like fashion where it's like, it's in one season, the next season it's kind of out. And one of the things like, I like what Mork Borg for the first three months of this year, you couldn't turn your head without seeing Morkborg, either on Kickstarter, on YouTube, or anything like that. Yeah. Past two months, I have not heard a damn word about Morkborg or any systems ever since Cyborg came out of. And also that one with the dinosaur. I think it was called She or something like that. Dinoborg, who knows? No, I think it was just called She. It was like a, it was a, not an actual, uh, it was a setting for it. Or, oh, okay. It wasn't yeah. another Borg. No, it was like an adventure where you, get eaten by a giant dinosaur like a giant t-rex and you have to fight your way out of it okay are you like a like a fairy or something how can you fight it's a really big t-rex oh okay so it's all it's almost kind of like you know it's taking inspiration from like you know getting consumed by the giant whale and it's big enough for <laughs> you know, the that, whole that kind of brings that that really it's a little off topic but that brings me to something i've really been thinking about with games these days which is What's their longevity? Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. um, that kind of game is is like one night of entertainment. And yeah. like, are you you're never are you really going to play that again? You know, and, and there's a lot of games like that. You know, yeah. a lot of games have this unique sort of flavor that it gives you. And that's really cool. It's awesome that it exists. And that's mm-hmm. one of the joys of this hobby. But it also means um you're not going to be talking about it. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just like, they're like, it's like popcorn. It's like, it's just like you eat it and it's a, that's it. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. There's in, it, it even happens to big publishers. I mean, obviously D yeah. fifth edition is going to be the one that's played the most, but like, uh, Savage worlds, it's a lot for Savage worlds to do, but honestly, if you're not playing deadlands, you're probably not going to find a, a solid Savage Worlds group online because 90% of people no. just want to play Dead That's Dead. not true. I found three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Are they all Deadlands? <laughs> no. He found, he found me because I won't run Deadlands because I think this shit's boring. <laughs> so, so there's Scott. There's my Saturday group that is all over go. the board. And there's yeah. my kids and there's my Friday group. And we all play exclusively online. So. Yeah, sure. But I'm talking about like if you look at the face group, no, the Facebook group yeah. or Roll20 or any of them and you look look for games, it's it's just fucking Deadlands. Oh, yeah. And, and it's it, like, God, come on. But to Dave's point, you know, 
you can do a lot with the system, but yeah, here we are, right? You're going to do a one-off of like Day After Ragnarok. Incredible setting, super fun, but yeah, would I want to rent long-term? Honestly, no. no, as much as I like it, no. It's going to be it's gonna be that, that popcorn filler game, and we're going to go back to it. Like for Dungeon World, when I ran it for you guys. It was cool. It was fun. You guys had a good time, and then you learn the system, and you're like, okay, cool story. Let's do something else. You know, Mothership, I feel, is the same way. Awesome. It's all this love. I don't understand it because I don't see the longevity of that game just based on how it is, but you know, we did it. We did the damn thing. We didn't really finish the damn thing, but it was still yeah. fun, but I wouldn't want to keep doing a mothership game for weeks. Yeah. And even like with that one, like I, I bought into the hype. I have, I'm waiting for the box set to come, you know, with all the little ventures and things. So I could say, yeah. look what I got and then put it in the closet. <laughs> um, but like, I was even th- like when you're talking, I was even like one of, I would say the big systems right now are PBTAs. But if you go look for a good PBTA mm-hmm. game, you, for one, you're never going to find Apocalypse World. I've looked for it. Yeah, no. They don't exist anymore. I don't think that game exists, even though it's that's the system that started it. <laughs> it exists, but... like and, and like even like the Sprawl, which is really cool, but mm-hmm. you won't see that one. The only ones you'll see nowadays is like Dungeon World, mm-hmm. Monster Hearts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Every once, new... see, every once in a while, I'll see Monsters of the Week, but that one even yeah. that Are one's talking not about re- physical. Uh, Roll Twenty, kind of like when, oh, you're, when we're searching. Okay, sorry, yeah, you're talking about Roll Twenty games. Got yeah, it. I can't find anyone in person. Actually, yeah. off topic. Um, it's funny because I'm I'm doing my very first um, actual campaign in real person that I'm planning to have more than just like a one shot. And at first I was worried about not finding anyone. And now I'm actually turning people down. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm at five people. And then I got asked today for a six. And then I got asked by another person mm. if I could have one. And I'm like, no, I am stopping on five. I cannot do any more. Yeah. Maybe really, in the future. Not now. Yeah. People don't realize how tough it is to juggle that, that, yeah. that amount of human beings. Maybe once you guys all die, one person goes off, because their work damn. schedule now doesn't impact it, then I'll invite another. Damn. God damn. Yeah. yeah. You just follow Carrie's method, and when people die, you let somebody else in. Yeah. Yeah. Characters. Characters. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> Clarify. <laughs> well, well, let's just be clear. I know Santa. <laughs> I stand by what I said. I stand by what I said. Yeah, so th- th- I mean, there's even a new, there's a brand new game now. Granted, it's 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 powered by the apocalypse, but it's it's kind of in a sweet spot of also Blades in the Darkish, probably a little leaning towards that. But it's a brand new game that launched last year. Kickstarter came out. I finally got the book. It's a superhero game, and most people probably have never even heard of it, which is kind of your point, Santa. You know, it's this massive fucking tome too uh massive hardback tome and it's just like cool story don't see it anywhere you know and we will never know the name of it (laughs) not a chance not a chance that maybe we'll do their own research yep (laughs) i'm not here to educate you (laughs) is it is it is it that uh no it's galaxies in peril Oh yeah, I know. I know the guy who does. Who yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a very clever idea. What got me was the you know the base building part. I was like, oh, it's cool. You took the blades in the dark and really twisted it around to build the superhero uh, base. Right. So that's, that's neat. But, so wait, what what's yeah. game called again? City of Mist. No, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Galaxies in Peril. <laughs> I know that's another one you see up for PBTA. So 
Yeah, that's really popular for. Nah, let's not get into that again. I don't want to do this. <laughs> that's, that guy, those guys wrote um, uh, a cyberpunk game that I reviewed called Hack the Planet. Yep. I thought that was an awesome game. Yeah. Yeah, Hack the Planet did pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, damn, you try to find these games and it's just. <laughs> Like yeah, bitch. Yeah, and it's tough convincing people to play it. And you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before in general on the on the podcast, but you know, it's it's really comes out of time and money for a lot of folks. And yeah. you know, it's why online is a little bit easier because people sail the high seas with one another. Usually, when they're like, "Look, you know, don't you don't have to buy the you don't have to buy the PDF." Wink, wink. And I'll just walk you through the system, wink, wink. And I think you can convince people of that methodology. But when it comes at the table, I mean, yeah, you're you're definitely in a lot of trouble. You one know, of the, the um, is, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Dave. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say one of the ways you might find groups to play with with these more obscure games is go to their Discord. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I find I find a lot of LFGs on on specific Discords. Yep. Yep. That's how I found my one and only fake game. Um. It, it it got weird and I left. <laughs> Did they introduce sex moves? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just like it just for you, Scott. Uh, it wasn't that they were doing sex moves. It was just it was how they were doing. Sex moves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, it was a, Monster Hearts went ASMR. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I do have a um I do have a Kickstarter. I'm gonna show you guys. I'm gonna send it to on the chat here so you can be on the same page. All um, right. It's called Everyday Heroes. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing, and this goes back to the topic of the episode here, but like um this is a Kickstarter in which these guys managed to secure the license for eight like action movies. Yeah. Famous ones. Yep. beloved ones but they're tying them all to this d20 it's no it's a 5e modern. version of d20 modern yep i'd like to know your thoughts everyone's thoughts on that <laughs> i have avoided this because the first time i saw the advertisement was for rambo the rpg i'm like how do you make rambo an rpg um that that concept annoyed me um, enough that I was like, okay, I want nothing to do with this because of that. Um, if, if I'd seen one of the other ones first, like maybe Pacific Rim, I might've taken a bigger look at it. But, uh, when I looked at it even further, it's like the core rules and these books are completely separate. And it almost sounds like if I was, and I haven't read the, the Kickstarter for a while, but it almost sounded like those different settings are dependent on stretch goals. Um, which I, I could, like I said, could, could be completely wrong, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I had no interest in this mainly because 5e D20 modern and Rambo were the first things that hit me. <laughs> do, do any of you guys think that these settings could work with 5e? I, that I'm, I'm kind of having some issues cause like, I think maybe because I'm looking at it, like, I don't know how it would work with the Crow. Universal Soldier, maybe. Total Recall, uh, maybe. Rambo, I don't know. Highlander, I don't get it. Aren't you? Aren't Highlander? <laughs> like, that, that one, I'm so confused on. Everyone has a Vorpal Sword. 
<laughs> well, there can only be one until you get to season or uh, the second movie. Right. Yeah. Apparently the the second movie doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> you can see there's no two next to it. So it's just Highlander. And like it, when I saw this, I thought, oh, that looks cool. Everyday heroes. It's probably going to be like an action movie type style thing. And then I saw that it was hooked up to, the, you know, the five E system. And I was like, so all they're going to, I feel like that would require way more dynamic theater of the mind esque kind of combat. And then when you throw it into the five E setting, all I'm thinking to myself is like, so you're going to be moving your peg around the board or your, you know, like your little miniature. And then you're going to sit there and you're going to attack or you're going to shoot, but it, it's not going to capture the right feel. And I, I, I that's I agree with that in, in a system versus setting question. I would love to play each one of these settings, but with their own specialized rules, they're yeah. all really interesting concepts for an RPG, I think, but, um, except for Highlander <laughs> and Rambo. I, 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 of all the ones out there, Rambo's the one that drives me nuts the most. Rambo is probably because it's such a specific story about a guy. Yeah. It's, but um, yeah, you're right about that. But I, I think Highlander could be because, I mean, you ever watched the show? There were like, right. there yeah. were immortal, there were Highlanders all over the place. They were yep. like constant. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And like, and none of them, in my opinion, fit 5e. I think it's, no. it's the only one that maybe, in my opinion, it could maybe Pacific Rim. Yeah, because Pacific Rim's over the top, uh, right? I mean, th that one maybe, but I, I still think that there's probably a better system for it than than Five E. Well, yeah, then again, it, it, Pacific Rim doesn't really need to have any uh, actual role play, and it's just big stompy robots. So I think it could fit Five E pretty well. Well, there's already a game for that. Yeah. It's called it's called Lancer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've <laughs> talked about that one a few times, uh, and I also got the I, I backed the. Was a tiny D six system for their mecha right. versus mm -hmm. monsters, which it's neat, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. is it too simplified or? What? Uh, I could see it being like. I feel like it shouldn't have been its own system. I feel like it should have been a supplement for their fat for their sci fi setting, just because it you you can really summarize it pretty quickly. And uh, the book itself, it's two hundred something pages. But only about 70 of that is actually, you know, how do you play the game? The rest of it's all just, oh, here's a micro setting. Here's a micro setting. Yeah. And it, it's neat. But if I knew what I knew right now, I probably would have said, don't buy it for the artwork, Santa. Buy it for <laughs> the actual. Well, I mean, the, the tiny system rules is like five pages long in every book they do. It's not like the complicated system. No, and you know, the, so the, uh, most of the things they do, it's a waste of space when it comes to art and micro settings and advice and shit. Yeah, to but be this one, I feel like honestly, there's 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 even less for the roles. I yeah, think. sure, sure. But for like this everyday heroes, you know, you're looking at I don't know what's one of the action movies. Let's say let, let's just do the Rambo, right? So you're playing Rambo under D twenty modern. So what level is Rambo? Ninth, thirteenth. 20th whatever uh so that's about let's say rambo let's say you're gonna you and your team are gonna sneak back into vietnam um and you're gonna rescue people and you got to take on the remnants of the vc or whatever the hell is there that you're taking on 
and they're all, I don't know, third to fifth level fighters with some ninth level fighters thrown in, right? Because that's what it's good. Just getting around my head around it. So they're going to have 50, 60 hit points. The guns are going to do 2d10. Get the fuck out of here. That is the most boring fucking firearms combat system I can imagine. I think maybe Escape from New York, you could do it because Escape from New York guns were not, they were there, but they're extremely rare. Right. Um, But the problem is it comes into what we talked about last week, right? Is even if you have them rare and say your characters get cornered and you've got two or three, I don't know, locals now in Escape from New York who point submachine guns at you and you're fifth level at this point. Yeah. You're not going to hesitate to fight them. Yeah, but if you thematically, you should hesitate because they they, realistically they're going to dump nine millimeter forty five rounds into you. But they might only have like nine, and that's just it. It, They may have the guns, but the ammunition, especially if it's like it's done, like you're not you're not playing as uh, snakes. Let me tell you something as a combat veteran. I don't give a fuck how many bullets you have. One is too many to come at me on a two way range. That's that's the reality of things, right? Whereas other game systems, kind of like Dave was it was we were, we were getting to, is like there are other systems that would deal with the lethality or the reality of a lot of these settings far yeah. far better, you know. And how they got all these licenses? I mean, D. Todd Scott and Jeff Grubb. It's not like they're nobodies. They're they're connected, uh, and they go way back in gaming. So and so are some of the rest of the folks yeah. that have joined them on the team. So it's not like it's you know me getting lucky and doing a $300,000 Kickstarter project and securing yeah. all these licenses. Well, that's fair. You know, but yeah. And they, they picked 5e because it's most, it's the most marketable, I guess. Oh yeah, bro. I mean, absolutely. Right. But like, what, what is that crow game going to be like? You know, it's a pout. Well, even, and even in the very intro of the campaign, uh, the first sentence, Everyday Heroes, the spiritual successor to D20 Modern, now based on 5th edition, the most popular RPG yeah. system in the world. I have a feeling when this comes out, you're going to hear about it the moment it gets released and maybe for about a week as you know, people put out a couple of reviews, you know, the ones that get the pre-release copy saying how great it is. And then you're going to get a couple negative reviews from people who you know, got it because they actually had to pay for it. And then you're going to hear nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's true of almost like 99.9% of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. I'm standing right here. You don't hear shit about them. And it's like, whatever. I got my, I got my artistic. I don't know. Joie de vivre on paper. I don't give a shit. You know, well-received, not well-received. Hopefully I gave you something that made you go, well, that's pretty neat ideas. And then people, most people just like Dave said, you put it on your shelf and you're done. 100% 100% true on that yeah, one. just is what it is. Thank God I don't write games to eat off of, because holy jog, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I, every time I look at Twitter and it's like, uh, you'll you'll find a few of the creators who are just like, I, I saw one the other day and it's just like, man, I, I someone told asked me, it's like, whoa, how, how do you get, how do I get into tabletop gaming? And I just want to tell them, don't, you can't make money off of it. I'm just yeah. like, are you doing it for the right reason then? Because like, yeah. I think the first thing you said to me, Scott, like when we're not the first thing, but like while we're talking about tabletops is and designing, you're like, you don't do it to make money. You will. Yeah. There's a good chance you will never make any money off of it, and the money you put in or that you do is going to go off of finishing the pro- product yeah. uh, that you ki- that you kickstarted. 
and oh god that's so what has happened to me (laughs) (laughs) I, i i did a kickstarter late last year and i'm like I'm a little in the red on it uh, and I'm, yeah. I, it'll, it'll be done and I'll have, I'm happy that I did it and everything, but like, it was like a, probably a pretty typical experience where it's just, you know, which the, the thing is, is you see the motherships and you see the avatars and yeah. you see the big <laughs> things and you just, you think that's all there is. Yeah. But um, when you, when you really dig down, it, it's, it's like, that's one in a hundred. And most of them are just barely scraping by and, you know, making 10,000 bucks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So I got to live that. That was Oof. fun. Yeah. It's just rough. But yeah, man. No. Uh, yeah. Like even though uh, Russ, um, he did a, like he was on our podcast a while ago uh, and he did, he's doing Nuetto, right? And one thing he said to us is like, honestly, he's like, I'm just happy I have it out there, but I know most of the money is just going to be poured straight back into the game. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dave. It, I didn't have anything to say. I was just, no. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's a project yeah. to love. If you really like doing something and you want to try and make it a reality, like even if there's, I, I know we're way off topic on this, but if there's no money in it, but you love doing it, do it because you love it. Like that's really what it all comes down to. Does it give you some quality? Does it, do you enjoy doing it? And does it give you something in your just not normal everyday life? If the answer is yes, fucking do it. If the yeah. answer is, I just want to get money from it. Yeah. It's, it's going to suck. It's not going to be that good. Yeah. I, I, I think that the most successful ones, and I'm thinking specifically of, um, of the, the guy who does mothership. Um, but a lot of creators, if they, if you're able to garner a following mm-hmm. and you can get them to play test your shit and basically you crowdfund, not crowdfund, you outsource, you crowdsource the work of, yeah. of play testing yep. and you, that in itself develops a, a and like an inbuilt following, then you, you might have a chance actually at making real money, but it's, it's more than just making a game. You have to be a community creator and a manager of a community. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. I still don't understand the mothership thing. I just more, more power to them, but yeah, I I still don't understand that one at all and how they made that much money. It's amazing. Well, they released it for free, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like holy shit. And then it got it got it got uh, boosted on um, Questing Beast. That's I remember right. When it came yeah. out, and um, and that a lot of people downloaded it. That's step zero: get yeah. people to download it, and then if you can get them to play it, you're you're practically made. Um, but he he nurtured a community, and he kind of let people build make their own third party stuff for it and he let that simmer and he built up a an email list for like two or three years yeah and then he launched 1e mothership 1e you know so he, he approached yeah. it smart systematically yeah yeah very smart yeah and I, I think that comes down to again like that was it's it's a labor of love for him it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like he's he's probably blown away that he made that much and he probably was expecting to just make the, you know, make them amount that you actually need to make on the Kickstarter, wherever you put that total on. So, yeah, he was yeah, also he, offering he a good, 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he believes, I mean, he really is like, he's a genuine guy. He yeah. believes in what he's doing. He tries to make his game better constantly. So, I mean, and I think people can sense that too. Like yeah. if they sense that you're a true believer and not just trying to make money, they're probably more likely to gravitate towards your product and your community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's, uh, wow, we got so philosophical here. Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. We sound like we know what we're talking about. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Quick finder. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like <laughs> systems that are or settings that are hot garbage but have great setting or systems. I'm looking hold on. I'm gonna try, I, I think I'm the gonna thing is my bookshelf. <laughs> I think a lot of times those things kind of get lost because if the setting sucks. Yeah. The system, no matter how great it's going to be, is always going to fall to the sideline because yeah. Yeah, like I guess we kind of talk about that, right? Like, uh, Savage, or, oh, Jesus Christ, that's Savage one. Stop talking about Savage Shadowrun and uh, <laughs> Pathfinder, right? Great settings, but oh my god, I did never want to play those games. Yeah, I always wanted to get into Shadowrun, but I heard such bad things yeah. that I just can't do it. I, I I looked at it and like I've even built a couple characters, and I was like, you know what, the character creation itself, it's it, it's it's neat. <laughs> it's it's neat. Um, I had to. I read the rules, and then I had to watch a YouTube video of someone yeah. building a character in order to fully understand what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, but and the rules themselves, like it's just you're. It's just a ton of dice that you're throwing. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot. I, it comes down more to like the fact that there's just so many modifiers. Uh, that you have to watch over and I'm sure like you could simplify it in some way, but uh, this kind of goes back to an episode we did a long time ago, but it's try the system itself. The one before they pretty much uh, simplified it to the point where, you know, it's not as big of a, people aren't, it alienated its core audience. Um, It was trying to simulate the world that they wanted to portray and for a simulation rpg i think it was doing exactly what the people who were playing it wanted to do and that was pretend they were in that world with all the little stupid idiosyncrasies the weather the how far they are it was perfect for that and then the moment that they switched to like i haven't really fully looked into the system itself for the new edition but i just heard it was simplified to the point where it's kind of lost its magic well, I mean, and they did Shadow and Anarchy, which was even less well received. <laughs> so, yeah, the write the writing for Shadow Run, though, God, those books alone, like the older ones, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, worth picking up just to read the lore and the story. Yeah. It's like I said about, um, you know, Night City in the Cyberpunk twenty twenty setting. I love the setting. I just do not like the system whatsoever. Yeah, Red Cyberpunk Red is. An interesting book. Yeah. But I mean, so I guess there's, I, I answered my own question, but I realized we've already discussed a bunch of things. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. No, it's, um, we're, <laughs> we're getting close. Actually, you know, it was, it was a very nice conversation. Um, we're already hitting 55 minutes, man. I oh my actually, God. Are we really? Yeah. I, I actually, I just looked at the clock for the first time. I was like, shit, we're at 55. So what's your second question? Yeah. <laughs> that was only the first question, dummy. What? <laughs> 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 you're so nice to me uh what i it's because he loves you that's right <laughs> if he yeah. had pigtails he'd be pulling them right oh 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 no uh the second one was actually uh 
<laughs> and I think we've kind of answered it too in a way, but it was would the set is one more important for a player versus a GM? Oh, yeah. So we we've I think we've kind of like answered that. Unless did we talk I about that? I kind of have I kind of have an, uh, some input on that. I think that with um, players, um, specifically, I think that when they're when they're new, I think that it matters very little like the system or the setting, but as they, you know, as they play more RPGs, I think that they develop a taste Mm -hmm. for specific things, specific feelings and, uh, and types of thrills. And it's just like drinking. Like when you, when you're starting out drinking as a teenager, (laughs) you're drinking wine coolers. It doesn't matter. You're just with your friends and you're getting drunk. But like by the time you're 40 or 50, you have tastes. You're not going to be drinking wine coolers no matter what you have specific things that you want to drink. And, uh, you have your preferences. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of, I think there's, it, it definitely, that is definitely true, but I think it kind of goes both ways. Um, because there's the people who they've played five E and that's it for them. They're fine with just that. They don't feel like going anywhere else. They, that is just what they'll do. And people do the same thing with video games. That's why call duty, uh, even though it's kind of faltered over the past couple of years, because they people have ca- caught on that they've made the same game for the past 20 years. Um, but people generally, they like things that are comfortable, things that are safe. And I think that's the thing with D&D is it's, it's one that's big enough that they can always say, oh, look at this thing that's, re- that's new, even though it's not really that new. It's just changing up a couple of little things. Um, but then there is like the people that you said who look into it and realize... I'm kind of not enjoying like for me, I didn't, I really didn't like combat and I didn't like the role play aspect of five E and that's what made me branch out to different systems to see and find if I can, if I like something else. And so I think there, there really is two people. There's the person who wants to keep on playing the same thing. And then there's the person who wants to try and tailor the experience to best suit their wants. Well, there is okay so 5e came out in 2014 so it's been about eight years are there people out there who have been playing 5e for eight years and still want to play 5e yes oh sure wow oh yeah that's crazy crazy. yeah i mean so i was we're going to put a pin in the conversation if we're going to add a third player to to meet in the middle between santa and dave's theories because you guys are on a on the same track but I'm trying my hardest to come back to it. I write down my fucking iPad real fast. Um, but yeah, like I was one of those people. I grew up playing the original Dungeon Dragons and then the Red Box. And it took a long time for me to get out of that habit of if it wasn't Dungeon Dragons, then it ain't shit. And I wasn't playing shit. And then I learned how to play Shadowrun first edition when it came out. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Shit. And then Rollmaster and other systems, Palladium, and I started stretching out. But it is really difficult. And we're talking like 10 years old to, Christ, 10 to like 18, 19. Just one, just Dungeons and Dragons. That was it. We didn't play it. That was all we were going to play. And we're going to do it over and over and over. Um, And I'm not really sure why. But yeah, it definitely happens. So for the thing of meeting in the middle of this, so... 
let's add genre because there are some people who it's not just system and setting or setting. It's going to be genre as well, which I think is where Dungeons and Dragons uh, starts pinning a lot of things. People, it doesn't, it has a very generic setting. I know it has forgotten realms and Greyhawk and shit, but the system works for people, but the genre may be what works more. We've discussed this before is like fantasy is a, such an easy, easy mm. button to push for most people. Well, in a, in a way, I think the one thing I, I'm going to give 5e always is they have a lot of building blocks to build the, you know, the fantasy system of your choice. Like as long as you don't want things to be, you know, quick death, but if you want it to be Tolkien-esque, that's super easy. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do like, you know, the Shadow Realm kind of a little bit more edgy, you can easily do that. If you wanted to involve, be in a town, city, it, it, you can really tail, tailor the setting however you want because it gives you enough building blocks either through, you know, creatures or, you know, things like that that will really help you out. And even character classes, like you can do a ranger that's mostly a ranger that's based in a city and that totally works for it. And they've just, they've left it vague enough to where you can put everything in it, but have enough building blocks that are specific where you can still flesh out a world that you wanted. Yeah. And today's point, you got 11 billion players built in, you know, yeah, it's easy to find a game. That's just the reality of it. You know, Yeah, Uh, let's go and roll 20 right now and look at, (laughs) yeah it's just king it's king it's top of the pops man it just is what it is any any vtt you can find people who want to play fifth edition and which is which is fine i was looking for a dungeon crawl classics game today and there was all of fucking three listed and i was like get the fuck out of here (laughs) please someone kill me (laughs) (laughs) such a much better system for doing what you all want to do (laughs) well if you want to play dungeon crawl classics i'm willing to try it out i've never played it it sounds intriguing so i know i need to run it for you guys and it's just like or have you guys run it It, actually here's what we have santa run it for us what (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even got the books for that one. I can't. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's just one of those things where I, sometimes I'm like, you know, like like with Dungeon World, I got to get out of my system, yeah. and then I'm I'm good for a little while. No. Uh, yeah. I, I will say though, Scott, I, I was hmm. surprised that you stuck with D and D as long as you did because back yeah. in the day, um, I, you and I have a similar pedigree. I mean, we both started mm-hmm. around the same time. Yeah. Started with the same Dungeons and Dragons, but as soon as TSR released Star Frontiers. I was all over Star Frontiers. As soon as TSR released Boot Hill, I was all over Boot Hill. Um, my brothers got me into Traveler. Uh, so, yeah, back in the 80s, I was I, I was all over the place in terms of gaming, if, especially if TSR put it out. I mean, like Gamma World, loved Gamma World. So all yeah. TSR could do no wrong. I, I still stuck with that company. But the thing about TSR back in the day is, their games were all different. Like they didn't all use yeah, sure. the engine, which I, th- I find interesting because like you look at free league and most of their games use Mutant year zero, not all, but most of them. Um, most of your wizards of the coast stuff is going to use five E and that it's, it's, it's kind of weird how companies have kind of formed around a system that they use in different settings. That's smart. You know, your player base doesn't have to learn anything new and you can sell it easier. That's really the the big thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've, we've, I've admitted it before as someone who's designed now two games that aren't fantasy. I really, or I don't like 
non-fantasy. <laughs> like I just I like fantasy. I like I you know, I've watched I've watched all of them all of the 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 Mythica movies. Like they're not good, but I like it because I'm willing to entertain it because they're the closest thing to a Dungeons and Dragons saga put to film. You know, so it's like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. But I've always been yeah. that way. I, I want wait to until, <laughs> wait until that Dungeons and Dragon movie it's with Chris be, Pine comes it's out. It's gonna be so fucking bad. <laughs> it's gonna be the best movie ever. Come on, we all know. <sighs> God damn, they should just give the fuck up. So here, here, Scott. Here's what I, I think yeah. you should check out the game Black Void. You, you I know, I have it. You, you keep, that, that you, is built. You as, it's built as it's built as a fantasy. Yeah game but to me i read it and yes i see the elements of fantasy yes but i also see the elements of sci-fi that are the things that i create because i love playing sci-fi yeah. games yeah i know and that's just my problem like i, I have you know i own star frontiers when it came out and i was like this is interesting but you know <laughs> i don't know man i just i'm one of those people and i still struggle with it today like if we're gonna that was probably why my Deadlands game died here physically because I, like a fucking idiot, I'll put options out for people. I'm like, here's the things that I'm willing to run. And then, of course, people pick the one fucking thing that I don't really want to do. And I'm just like, God damn it. You <laughs> well, know? Well, let's be fair, though, to you. Yeah. You had a guy that wanted to play a 20 foot tall. God damn it. Yeah, that fucking idiot. <laughs> so- <laughs> that stupid son. You're right. I think it might have been the players. Because I did get psyched. I started watching all kinds of old, you know, old West movies. And I'm like, like I said, I grew up in Arizona with this shit. So my hometown is basically 1875 fucking constantly. Um, so it's like, okay, cool story. But yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Everything, everything I do is like, oh, okay, let's just, let's, how, about, how about you find a magic sword? <laughs> check, out, check out Black Void. If you haven't read Black Void yet, read Black Void because I, I think that might be right up your alley. I could have swore I went through Black Void and it looked overly complicated as a system. Okay, the system may be. I, I haven't read the books. I've read, yeah. this, I've read the setting part of it. It's just, I'm like, anyway, oh, that sounds awesome. Now we're definitely... It's it's unfortunate that Scott hit on this like huge third dimension <laughs> of the conversation, which is genre. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about it too much. Sorry. Does, does genre matter? Of course it does, but yeah. don't have enough time for that. Uh, well, te- well, we usually try and keep it an hour, but we fail at that quite regularly. No, that's fine. You, sh- you should just save it for another episode. But it is an interesting question. Like genre is a big deal, yeah. and it and it's different from system and setting. You know, it's its own thing. No, that's uh, that's definitely true. Um, so what we've learned though is that there's three pillars, right? That you've got system setting and genre because <laughs> well, it's a three legged yeah. tool. It, sounds it, like. is. So it is. I think they brought up, brought up a good point. Well, I, I, you know, there was a whole other thing that I didn't bring up either, and I think it's just uh, just the people factor. Oh yeah, you know, like just just if you if you find a group that is energetic and just interested and funny or whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. If they're, if you're into like vampire masquerade type stuff and your, your, your players, your table is real moody and they take shit seriously and they don't, <laughs> they don't joke around, like whatever it is that, that like gets you off. Like if you find them, it doesn't matter. Like the, the system, the setting, the genre doesn't matter. It's like the people matter yeah. in that, yeah. in that case. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a Toreador. Right. Right. You will respect me at the table. Now, you you right. know, this brings up this brings something else to mind. And that is you think of LARPers. Yeah. 
<laughs> most of the LARPs that I ever see anymore is all White Wolf games. Well, I, I don't know if oh, yeah. it, does anybody. I mean, aside from Tom Hanks, does anybody LARP D and D? It's fucked up. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the SCA, is that still a thing that's around? <laughs> ah, you know, good point. I, I don't, I don't know. know. Actually, I think, I think it is. If it's not, then it's only been uh, gone within the past couple of years. There's three SCA people right now. Yeah. We don't cast spells to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> and now yes. put them to that YouTube video. Fireball, fireball, fireball. Right, yeah. That's not SCA. <laughs> Yeah, I, I gotta say this is probably one of those one, one of those times where us getting off way too way too off topic a few times definitely kind of hurt because now it's like you mentioned genre and I'm like oh, yeah. that would be so cool. Let's do a part two, <laughs> and we might have to do a part two if yeah. Dave you're down. Yeah, I might be down. I... Dave's audience doesn't leave him after this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, I don't want you to publish this episode anymore. <laughs> you, ta- you fucking tag me, I'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> we have to bleep out all of Dave's commentary. Yeah. It's just like, who's talking right now? There isn't anyone saying anything. I'm just really glad I got to shit on Everyday Heroes with you guys. <laughs> you know what? If you ever have anything you want to shit on, no. let us know. We will yeah, join sure. you in our heartbeat. Yeah, no Except idea. for Savage Worlds, I won't shit on that. I take pot shots and peg all the time. <laughs> well, I, taking pot shots is one thing. <laughs> taking a shit is another. Yeah. Let's talk about chases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, something, something you kind of said, and I, I floated this idea and I'd be willing to have anyone who really wants to try it out. Um, I, I, cause I'm, I'm a brand, brand new kind of like GM. I've only done like little one shots, nothing crazy. Right. And I suggested this where instead of, you know, like us watching over, uh, you know, people doing actual plays and, you know, kind of picking apart, you know, the do's don'ts. I was thinking, why don't I do an actual play with you guys? And Dave, you're more than welcome to join on this where we play like a whole session of something, maybe like, you know, one little adventure. And then you just rip the shit out of me with everything I did wrong. <laughs> that, that's why I recommended you DM the, the Dungeon Crawl Classics game, though, because you floated that idea. So that's why I threw that out. Yeah. Please don't do it to me. I had to live that shit through a con of a boring fucking DCC game. <laughs> no, I would do something that suits my kind of genre. Low life. I mean, you really should run low life because that's the 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 system you know. The setting is good for your personality. So, Dave, if you're not tracking, you ever listen to the podcast, which I don't blame you. Um, Santa has a problem <laughs> where Santa is one of those players that I like to have around because he can keep me on my toes as a GM. But he's a fucking annoying player because everything is like, oh, I, I'm a giant Twinkie with honey pots. You know, it's just like not everything has to be gonzo. Not everything, your elf can be normal. Your elf can just live in the fucking woods and be a regular ass old elf and not be weird at all or anything. My dungeon world elf was normal. <laughs> We're not normal. But anyway, no. So. <laughs> Santa has this proclivity for being super weird and shit about things. Not weird. It's Gonzo, right? You do enjoy Gonzo. Like Paranoia is one of the games you want to play. And it's that's why I think if you're going to do something and you really wanted feedback and so we could redeem the our condescension from the GM episode, uh, that would be perfect. 
but I'm you'll never what? Santa. You'll never be a Toreador. <laughs> you can't fucking join us. You're part of the poor's clan. <laughs> you fucking Malkavian. Uh, no, you're sorry. That's what I played. I always played Malkav. I wait, know way too much about a game that I cannot stand. <laughs> I watched that fucking documentary. I <laughs> just sat there in awe. <laughs> I, I, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. I saw it too. Yeah. It was like, it makes me want to play vampire at the same time. It, it confirms everything I believe about vampire culture. <laughs> what documentary? Oh, it's uh, World of Darkness on Prime. Yeah, you should watch it. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it's very cool, actually. It kind of yeah. shows you like, how you I mean RPGs scene really changed significantly in the nineties. Hmm. So, and vampire was right in front leading the charge. So they just, you know, they made a game from someone like my wife and not someone like me. <laughs> it's just, it's the reality. <laughs> Interesting. She's super into vampires and the occult and all that stuff. And I'm just like, Hey, who was, who was into the occult here? I, I was listening to an, uh, another one of your oh, episodes. Shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are in the occult. Um, ooh, which one? Who's uh, the well, secret well, Satanist? I, I said I like watching like ghost videos on YouTube. God, like, I, I thought it. one of you guys said you really read a lot of occult uh, stuff. That might be me. Yeah, I think that's Scott because he's... There's like an occult um, Kickstarter that I was, I saw it and I thought you might be interested. Oh, what's the, what's the Kickstarter? Is it Task I mean, Force Raven? Because that one's going to succeed. <laughs> Um, no i know which one you're talking about um that one's doing really well it was all it was a book it was it was more about cults yeah it was like a guide to the to occults and it looked pretty pretty well done i'll try and find it yeah i'm looking for it too um but either way um so finder what do we learn today we learned that there is a game where you get to play dinosaur indigestion Mm -hmm. um (laughs) We learned that we totally didn't even think about genre and it took uh, somebody outside of the core group to bring that to our attention that we're a bunch of idiots. So well, we're just pretending, remember? <laughs> well, yeah, but, but we failed our role playing today. We're not as smart oh, as we yeah. role play. Look, you're going to have to convince me some way that that whole stupid ass I'm inside of a Tyrannosaurus Rex isn't someone getting even with their fucking dungeon master who made their character get swallowed by a purple worm at some point <laughs> and would let them fight their way out. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress. And Dave, uh, for anyone who's interested in uh, following you on your any of your social medias, where can they best find you? Uh, just Dave Thomavor on YouTube is probably all, the only thing I really care about at this point. <laughs> I mean, I was on Twitter. I am on Twitter, but man, I just I'm not really a Twitter guy. No, I feel you. I do I do Twitter, yeah. and you know, to be fair, I've actually met some really nice folks on there. Uh, me too. Me too. For yeah. sure. Yeah. It, it, it's a mixed bag. It's definitely a mixed bag. It is. Bag. Yeah. If I'd actually write stuff, I might meet some nice people on Twitter. But nah. Yeah. The only thing he did was try and get people to like a certain episode. I couldn't even do that. Yeah. That was for your own nefarious deeds. Haha. <laughs> Sucks to be you. We're not that big. <laughs> <laughs> you got two likes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, and uh, thanks for everyone for joining us. Dave, thank you very much for to, uh, coming yeah. in. Uh, thanks for you, were, 
you're a lot of fun. Come back yeah, any yeah. day. We would love to have you. And if you yeah, ever want to try and do a horrible campaign with me, uh, you know, <laughs> you could join for a, that too. You can be a Twinkie person or a cockroach person. Yeah, you can be a Twinkie, a cockroach, or <laughs> you, can also be later. A, you can also be a worm. Choose <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or a pile uh, of poo. <laughs> and if you like this episode, send me an email at uh, rpsmartpeople at gmail.com. And if you hated this episode, send, send me a tweet on Twitter at rpsmartpeople. Uh, I hope you guys had a good good week, and we'll hope to see you again next time. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Later. Bye-bye. I'm logging in Twitter now.